What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sports House. I am your host, Matthew Anderson. It brought my guy on, sports analyst. I'll be seeing him on Twitter. I was like, I had to bring him on to talk, talk, uh, to chop it up a little bit. Shanti Stewart. Uh, Shanti, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, brother. Hey, hey, great to be back, bro. I, I, we, we, we haven't recorded since, I think it was sometime back in school. I think maybe like 2019 last time we, we, we made hot on the episode together, man. Yeah, man. I think that was the lead block. That was way yeah. back. It's funny because back then, like, I didn't listen to the episodes. And so, well, maybe a couple months back, I actually listened to one of the episodes. And I didn't realize we had, like, rock and roll music as the intro and stuff like that. <laughs> I was like, yo. <laughs> hey, it's in a, hey, a full 365. But, hey, we got a great episode prepared for you all. So, without further ado, welcome to my sports house. So we're going to go ahead and get started in the kind of in the Midlands, the SEC, if you will. Start off with the South Carolina Gamecocks, who got the win over the Troy Trojans with the final score of 23-14. What did you think about the game? Uh, it was probably some of the most frustrating football I've watched in a long time. I mean, it, it, it's weird to say, to, feel, to say a win felt like a loss just because just of how many, you know, boneheaded, boneheaded mistakes were made. But yeah. again, I, you know, I appreciate all wins. All wins are equal. And I went, I mean, right now, considering we've only won, what, I think, what, six games in the last two years, and we're already at three, I'm, I am happy with, with what uh, Shane Beamer has, has done with this, with, with this current roster, man. I think, I think it's, it's great to win those tight games, games that under Muschamp, we probably we very well could have lost. You know what I'm saying? And, and seeing a team that, that is, that finds a way to win, you know, unconventional may it be, they, they, they are finding ways to win. So, I, so you know what, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not over, I'm not too upset. It's kind of what I expected coming into the year. Okay. Yeah. That's actually what I was about to ask you. It was just, I think Shane Beamer said the best. He said he felt like he aged like 40 years during that game. It's just, you watch it. Like for example, whenever the guy starts running the fumble back into the end zone and then he throws the ball. And this is why, this is a coaching point for the listeners. This is why coaches say, hand the ball to the referee. Run it to the end zone, hand it to the referee. So therefore, you do not encounter things like that. And it was so funny when the uh, the player he was a DB, right? Yeah. Whenever he was looking at the double trying, he's like, "Oh no," because he kind of already knew what time it was. My whole thing is, how do you not know as 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 the player run, running the ball into the end zone? How do you not know that you whether you cross whether you cross into the end zone or not? You yeah. only had one job to do, and it, the easiest thing I was like, how hard would it have been to just take? Three more steps, be completely into the end zone, and then and then flip the ball or do whatever you want to do after that. But I luckily won the game because I mean he made we we made it ten times harder than what it had to be. I think that's a really good way to put it. Uh, also, wanted to talk to you about Jalen Foster. Did you see this type of campaign coming from him uh, this season? I think he's got five interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. Five. Or maybe. five I, th- I think he's either five or six. I mean, the kid he's 
he's always around the football, man. And you know, I'll I'll go back to his high school days because I mean, we we I mean, we're you know, our counties are right beside each other. This was the type of player he was in high school. He was a he was a punt returner, kick returner, defensive back type that could go get the ball into the end zone. He had he he's always had a knack for getting the ball into the end zone, even his freshman year at Garner Webb in in the Big South. He won freshman of the year there because he was he, and he was he was this type of player even at that level. I, I mean, I, I couldn't have foreseen him doing this at this level though. I, I won't lie because I mean, how many guys do we really see play that type of level, play this type of type of style of football? I mean, you think about Tyron Matthews, the last guy I've seen just be able to come up with turnovers each and every game, and kind of it kind of felt routine. So I mean, so seeing what seeing what he's put together, man. Uh, uh, you know, it, it, be, it being his last year in college, man. I mean, what a way to go out! You know, say put put forth the most, some of the most dominant performances that I've seen out of defensive back, especially at the University of South Carolina. And especially by him dominating like this, I'm sure some NFL gyms definitely have him on their radar now, especially doing this in the SEC. And it's great to see because he started as a walk on. Because I, and I remember him at Burns because he was a wide receiver. What high school did you go to? I went to Union County. Union County. Okay, yeah. So how far away is are y'all two high schools? So so for me, uh that's about that's about a 40 minute drive from okay. like from, from, from Duncan to, to Union, it's about 40 minutes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, so wish him best of luck as they continue on throughout the season. Now, Carolina got Tennessee this weekend at Rocky Top and then the van. Did you think they get the win against Tennessee? Uh nah. It's no, 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 no. you know, I you know, I could it's hard for me to see this team uh, with how, with the mistakes they make and, you know, how sloppy sometimes we, we get with the football. It's hard for me to see this team going on the road and winning any big SEC games. Tennessee is a lot is, – is much improved from last year. They seem very competitive. They seem like they are, are probably a year or two away from, you know, turning that corner and, be, and, and, and probably competing for that, number, for, for that number two spot in the SEC East right now behind Georgia. Uh, this is gonna be tough, man. Right? You know, you, you know, in Knoxville, man, you know, you know how crazy it gets. Like that crowd, I just don't know how Luke Doty and this group handles it. I mean, especially if they don't come out fast and start with some type of rhythm and some, and, and, and some type, some type of sense of purpose. Uh, the defense has played well throughout, you know, throughout, throughout all of these games, but the offense has not been able to get it clicking. I don't think it's gonna get. It's like, it just won't be any easier on the road in Knoxville. Gotcha. So we're going to definitely look forward to watching that. And they definitely should get his win against Vanderbilt. They don't get that win oh, against sure. the bigger problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We, 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 got, we, got, we got bigger issues uh, if we don't get <laughs> against Vanderbilt. Hey, but to uh, keep going in the South Carolina, we saw Clemson was able to get the win over Boston's college with the final score of 19 to 13. It was not easy. DJ got to – okay, I finally got his name right. DJ Uyungle after the game, you saw he was in the stadium at night on his Kobe Bryant, working on his throws and stuff that he missed throughout the game. So that was interesting to watch. But Clemson is unranked. How do you feel about that right, right now? I mean, look, it feels great for me. You know, me personally. <laughs> <laughs> we both in the same boat. I watch Clemson, man. I'm like – I'm just floored by the lack of explosion that's on the field for them. Yeah. Considering what they've been offensively for the last five years, like I, I just I think of every Clemson offense, I think of big plays down the field, big runs, it just home, home run hitters everywhere on the field, and to watch this team struggle to just complete, they look like us. I mean, I, I understand our struggles, but they look. I just I just can't believe that you know with five star players everywhere, they can't seem to scheme up a game plan that can get guys open. You know, I I mean it's it, it, it's troublesome. It's definitely troublesome. I think it's it's definitely something that you know. I think people don't understand that you know how big assistants play in in, in the college game. And Dabo for 
but for what it's worth, has not had to deal with a bunch of his assistants leaving for other jobs. He's been able to keep his his core group with him for a very long time. And now that you're starting to see guys get, get other job, job get other opportunities and they start and they're starting to leave from 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 under his uh from under his uh tutelage, you're starting to see that right now he's got to be he's got to find a way to adjust. I mean, it's now he's in that period now where, all right. Yeah, you want yeah, you're losing players every year. You're starting to lose coaches. How do you transform into what's next? Because right now, I mean, we, we watched Saban had to do it. Saban has been winning championships at Bama's 09. For an 11 year stretch, he's been figuring out how to transform and how to get better. This is now the test for for Dabo Swing. They're not done. This is odd watching this come from team play football right now. Yeah, because it seems like the, since really the Taj Boyd era, it's just been points at the points at the end. That was when it was the three three stars and maybe a couple four stars. And yeah. it also put a lot of pressure under Tony Elliott because the guy, first of all, they look at DJ like, DJ, what's going on? And Tony, it's like, Tony, what, why can't we get these guys going? Especially, like you said, with all the five-star receivers. And you saw Justin Ross was on the sideline for, I think it was the third and the fourth quarter, at least the fourth for sure. So that might even translate to even less explosive plays because they were kind of looking for him to be the go-to receiver. Yeah, it's been between him and Joseph Nada. And, I mean, honestly, Ross is the only guy, if I'm a defense, Ross is the only guy I'm scheming for. I, I feel like not as a guy that, you know, I mean, while he has been productive, he's a guy that I, I, I truly feel that with a good enough cornerback, I could, I could, ha- I could get the matchup I want and I'll, I'll just focus my attention on Ross because they don't, they don't have a running back I'm scared of. Lin J. Dixon on the transfer portal. Uh, Will Shipley's out. I don't know how long he'll be, he'll be out for it. They just, they just don't seem to have any type of, it, it's odd. It's just, it's no, and they, 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 they look like Boston College. They like how Boston College looks like every year. They like, you know, lack of explosion, lack, lack of, lack of, of athleticism. It's just, I honestly can't fathom that is that the talent has been. It, there was a bit much of this much of a talent drop off from last year to this year. You know, for sure. It makes you wonder how much weight did, well, I think Amari Rogers hold, but at the same time, I'm thinking Travis Etienne and Trevor Lawrence, that combination. And it was crazy because I was at the Cotton Bowl that freshman year for Travis Etienne and, no, not Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Was it? No, that might not have been his But I remember Trevor Lawrence, whenever they're Cotton Bowl and they play Notre Dame, seeing Justin Ross catch the two touchdowns and they just were clicking all cylinders wow. and they have not been able to revisit that. But we're going to continue to watch Clemson. I think they have Syracuse next week. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. And Syracuse always gives them problems. But we're going to oh, go yeah. here to uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Notre Dame. Who are you rooting for? Well, not even who are you rooting for. What was your prediction this game? Did you have Cincinnati getting the win or did you have Notre Dame getting the win? I had realistically, I realistically I had Notre Dame getting the win just because I just didn't know if Cincinnati's defense could hold up against that that type of offensive line, that type of ground game. I and, 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 I, and I honestly didn't know like how good the Cincinnati defense was. I knew in the back end they, they they'd be fine because Notre Dame doesn't have a quarterback that, that that scares that scares me or any receiver that necessarily put any fear in me. And Sauce Gardner is probably one probably the best defensive back coming out uh, coming out of college this year. So I knew that secondary would be fine, but how they would hold up in, in the trenches was where I thought we, we would see like the difference between a group five and a power five. And they did exactly what it they did. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. They were they lived in the backfield. They applied pressure. Offensively, they offensively, they, they left some points on the board. Honestly, this game shouldn't have been as close as it was if Desmond Ritter and that offense, they they, they they can, you know, they convert on a couple opportunities there. But, I mean, they 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 controlled this game throughout. And that, that was the biggest thing I saw. Like, you know, this wasn't a just a hold on, just hang, just hang on by your teeth type of victory. Like, no, this was a 
they controlled the game from 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 beginning to end. Yes, Notre Dame made had a run, but at, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, you 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 notice who had controlled it from from the start, and and that's exactly what uh the Cincinnati Bearcats did. And hopefully, they get a chance to play in the college football playoff this year and get a chance to prove that group of five teams deserve a fair shake at being at being represented. Yeah, and they've moved up now to, I think, is the number five team in the country. So it's looking like they might get their shots. We, we were talking a little bit before the episode, and you brought up a good point. They might need a power five score to lose twice in order to maybe get that, you know, that bid to go ahead and go. But Desmond Ritter, it was nice to see them, first of all, go on the road to Notre Dame and do this. And second of all, because last year I saw them play Georgia in the – what bowl game was that last year? I think it was a Peach Bowl last year. Yeah, and it was like they they, they played well, but they kind of let Georgia come back and end up winning the game. So he kind of took that next step there. Do you – are you saying he might be a dark ho- dark horse Heisman guy, or are you kind of off of that? Oh no, I'm I'm off of that. I I like what he I like what 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 he's done for Cincinnati. I like what he could be, but he in that game in that game the other day that would have been a that would have been a statement game if he puts together a couple of those drives where they left points on the board. And yeah. you, you you think about the strip sack, that drive on the strip sack where okay if you go in if you go in and score there I can't remember what the score was at that point in time when he fumbled that ball, but you were seventeen. I think it was seventeen. You were still it was still seventeen to nothing. So that led to the first points that Notre Dame even even scored. If you go in and score on that drive right there, it's twenty four nothing, and that game is over. You know what I'm saying? So he he left too many opportunities on 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 the board still. And for a guy that's supposed to be put, that's that's playing at a at a school like a Cincinnati, I haven't seen him dominate. I, I mean, I, he he's played well, and I, I just I just don't I just couldn't see him being a being a Heisman candidate right now. There there's there some guys that. You know, I haven't really even paid attention to, to, to the Heisman race right now because you know Heisman race really for me won't even really become real to about week eight when, when we start getting down that home stretch. We'll start to see guys really start to really start to turn the corner and and, and with conference and, and conference play. So I I just think with, with the conference he plays in and the opportunities he had early on to, to kind of prove he was a Heisman candidate, I think he may miss his window. Yeah, yeah, but hey, if he can go to that playoff, he can make everything right there and get the big championship. But we're going to sure. go back to the SEC here. Ole Miss versus Bama. Man, I thought Matt Carell and the company was going to be able to go down there and make some stuff happen. And Ole Miss happens to be like the antidote to Alabama. Generally speaking, Lane Kiffin throwing his headset before the game, kind of like a mic drop. And then they would go out there and get beat 42-17. Did you expect this or were you kind of thinking that Bama had this the whole way through? I, I was expecting a better game. I, I didn't expect Ole Miss to come in and win. But I, but I knew it, it was, it, you know, Ole Miss is like, like like you said. Ole Miss has been the one team in the SEC that can, that can consistently put up points on Bama. I thought maybe they would have. I mean, if, if that first drive result, results in points, uh, preferably a touchdown, maybe this game goes a little bit differently. But all, but what happened? What you saw was it was a, was an Ole Miss defense that could not contain Alabama, and that wasn't going to change no matter what they did offense. Um, I mean, the thing I, I I was surprised they just couldn't keep pace at all. Like they they look they look out of they look out of place. They didn't look like they belonged on the field with Alabama that day. I mean, again, a great win for Nick Saban and just, and just go, and going out and put and just dashing any hopes that, you know, maybe the Saban era may be coming, may be coming to a close or maybe other teams in the West may be catching up because that is, I mean, it's Bama and it, it's, it's Bama and the rest of the West because there isn't even a second team in the West that I feel is a true competitor for the Crimson Tide this season. Yeah, I was thinking Ole Miss was going to be that, but it's clearly like there's the Bama, then there's the rest of the guys in that West. Uh, did want to ask, it was one Lane Kiffin 
Well, it was something. I thought that Lane Kiffin was over aggressive on that first drive, and I get it. He's an emotional ball game. Mm-hmm. He's like, let's go get these points. But that just goes to show you. I feel like sometimes when you get too emotional in football, it can go and haunt you. Because I thought you know, you get the points, that three points, you go ahead early on, you get your team some momentum. And but apparently all season they've been going for it a lot on fourth down. So this was anything completely abnormal. Yeah, I saw that too. And then, I mean, I, I can understand. His, I can understand the perspective of. He probably doesn't feel like his defense could hang with, 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 with Alabama either. So he probably feel like we got to score as many points as early as possible just to keep this thing close. A field goal wouldn't have really, a field goal wouldn't have done much for them at that. You know, it, it, seeing how the second, the rest of that half went, the field goal wouldn't have done much. But I mean, I, I can't, I can't go against taking the points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I mean, take, take, take the points and just see what happens. But again, if you score, I mean, if he if he scores a touchdown, maybe we're talking about maybe maybe we're talking about a different outcome. Maybe it's maybe it's forty two to twenty eight instead of forty two to twenty one. So you know, I mean, I don't think it made I don't think it would have made much of a difference. But I mean, I, I can respect a guy that is just willing to go all in, go all in for it, man. If, if that's what you do, and that's and that's the type of code you live by, then by all means, man, do your thing. And like he said, get your popcorn ready. Now, one thing, and that brought me back to Terrell Owens' podcast, because I think he always saying get your popcorn ready and stuff. One thing that has surprised me about that team, though, is I think Jamison Williams is receiver number one. And John Mechie third is receiver, like, kind of two. And I just thought that John Mechie was going to slide right into that first role. You yeah, know, I did see that. Of, oh, my gosh, what's his name for the Eagles? Heisman Trophy winner for last uh, year. Devontae Smith. Yeah, I just thought he was going to run. But Jamison, I keep saying this, because I watch Ohio State, a big Ohio State fans, so Justin Fields, I've just been rocking with him through. And I, yeah. I just – Jamison Williams was, I think, three behind Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And he comes – and this is where this transfer portal is key. He comes in, becomes a big man on campus, at least at wide receiver at Alabama and on the defensive side of the ball, Henry Toa Toa. Yeah. And then Henry is over on every single play. Every single play on defense, he's at the pile. He's knocking somebody down. He's always just hitting somebody last. But oh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm just happy the transfer portal exists now because it's essentially free agency for college kids. Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's an opportunity for them to be able to take their talents up and leave the same way coaches do. And I mean, like I said, Bama's been able to to, to cash in on Jameson Williams and and uh, Henry Toa Toa. So I mean, we're, I, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm all for. I'm all for the guys getting the opportunity to just go, you know, change change colleges the same way coaches change jobs and get opportunity to play right away. Exactly. Couldn't agree more. We're going to stay in the SEC here real quickly and just talk about Florida uh, losing to Kentucky 2013. Wasn't really expecting that. I personally am not the biggest Emory Jones fan. I really I like just watching him play. It seems like he plays more of a, uh, it's definitely a dual threat style, but they seem like they like to use him in the run game more so than the passing game. But it seems like you're an Emory Jones fan. So, or, so explain that. Like, do you like Ooh. the style of play or what are your thoughts? It's, it's not even that it's, it's not even style of play. I, it's just that I thought that some of the critique he was getting early on, which was which was justified. I, th- I thought a lot of the issues he was having was just a, it's a lack of confidence when you're constantly in and out of the rotation. Yeah, and, and I thought for the couple of weeks that where he completely had it, where the game was completely his, and he got an opportunity, and he got an opportunity to play f- fully throughout. You started to see him really start to click. Like you know, the, the performance against Tennessee last week, where he ran for 144. And through for I think like over like, two hundred and seventy, like you get those are, those are the type of performance you get when you get when you're taking the one hundred percent of the snaps. They try going back to the to, to the to the um to to the dual style quarterback system, didn't work. 
I'm not necessarily, I, I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of, I, I'm not necessarily a fan of Emmy Jones. I just, I want some of these kids to be able to prove Dallas wrong. I don't, I mean, he's not, he's not an NFL, he's not an NFL guy. Uh, I know his time, I know his time is ticking even at Florida with, with, with the kid behind him. Uh, I just, you know, it, it's, it's just, just rooting for a kid just to, 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 you know, quiet doubters and, and, you know, and ride, and ride to the occasion. That's what I was hoping for. I mean, I'm, I mean, I was down, I, I didn't watch much of, much of the, the Kentucky Florida game. It's because, I mean, I honestly didn't think it, it, it would be much of a game. But credit to Mark Stoops in that program, what he's done there has been phenomenal considering, like, you know, considering the, the deficit you're behind when you're, when, when you're Kentucky football, considering, like, you know, you're a basketball school. You, you don't get a bunch of four-star, five-star guys going there. And they still don't have a bunch of four-star guys, four-star, five-star guys there. They just have great coaching and they execute and they're disciplined. And so – when they play against teams like Florida, like Florida right now is, is, is definitely more talented. But when you have the issues you have at quarterback and you can't seem to you, you can't seem to click week in and week out, you leave yourself open to games like this against against Kentucky that's that's, that's, that's sit, sitting sitting in the cut waiting. And now they're number sixteen in the nation, and right now the second right now second in the SEC East behind Georgia. Yeah, no, that's for sure. That's what I was thinking while you were talking, too. I'm like, the ball game they're going to have is that date with Georgia. And they can make a win in that game. But I don't even think – we're, we're going to talk about Georgia next. I don't even think that game is going to be close because Georgia's like, so on top right now. But uh, it will be interesting to see what Stoops can get done. But Georgia got the win, 37 nothing against Arkansas. That was another one that I thought was going to be close. Pittman is their head coach, right, Sam Pittman? Yep. Yes, he was the offensive line coach at Georgia. I'm like, okay, yep. Arkansas, you're on the big stage now. It's okay, what do we got done? But that Georgia defense, man, allowing 4.6 points per game this season, all those guys run to the ball. It's just an incredible defense. So what do you think about that Georgia Bulldog team this year? Man, Georgia, that, that, that Georgia defense is head and shoulders above any other group I've seen this year. Like, it's not, like, I mean, Clemson, Clemson's played well defensively. Bama obviously is Bama, but Georgia has been head and shoulders above. The, the, the rest of the field as far as how they play defense. I mean, they play they play a suffocating style. There is no level of the defense that that, that, that you have an advantage at. The, you know, I mean, probably the, probably you you know with your with your with, with maybe any group of receivers and their defensive backs, you could possibly make a play or two, like you see South Carolina and Josh Van make. But more than likely, throughout sixty minutes throughout sixty minutes uh, uh, throughout the game, there isn't a way to score on that Georgia defense, man. They just it just isn't, isn't a weakness. Offensively, I mean, they that they are they are what they are. They 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 know their identity. They know they're not a pass first team. They're not they're not going to pass the ball thirty times a game. But what they're going to do, they're going to run the ball and they're going to lean on you. And nobody really wants to see those running backs coming downhill thirty to forty times a game. And they get tired <laughs> when it gets keep you, can't keep you keep getting smacked in the mouth. You got to keep getting up and do it all over again. They got a style that is throwback. It's definitely throwback. It's it's like it's like throwback LSU. When they ran out, when, when, when they used to run, you know, out of eye formation without all, all, all those running backs, throwback Bama. It's just, it's just smash my football. But, and, and, but with this current state of college football, as long as they stay ahead of, as long as, long as they're playing with the lead, I don't think there's a team right now besides Bama, of course, because because of their offensive talent. There isn't a team I can see truly giving Georgia any trouble offensively. And then the thing is, because of how their style of because of their style of offense, then they can kind of interchange the quarterback because they can go Bennett or they go JT Daniels because they're gonna run that ball like you said. And they're gonna play great defense. So big win for Georgia. They just keep pushing it. Want to just mention this real quickly, and then we'll 
almost good good degree we've been getting to it uh <laughs> okay it's crazy to see oregon lose to stanford so now i'm thinking in that pac 12 i don't know if they're still gonna get that chance in that playoff that's gonna be something interesting to watch the final yeah. score was 24 31 after i you know like i said i'm an ohio state fan so after i saw them go and beat and what is their quarterback's name the oregon quarterback uh it's, 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 i can't remember his oh name. man it, i'm missing it's, some, it, it, it's something it's something brown Anthony Brown. I want to say it's Anthony, Anthony Brown. He was Maybe. at he was at Boston College beforehand, and I so when I saw him go out there to Oregon, I was like, oh, he's going to be a problem. But yeah, I was hoping to see maybe the Pac-12 get represented, and maybe they still have a chance. But now Oregon, if Oregon's going to be the team to come out of the Pac-12, they got to go undefeated moving forward. Yeah, man. You know the Pac-12 always has this issue of they just don't have the team to carry the conference, and you know and. I I talked I, I talked I talk to one of my guys about this last week, but the Pac-12 is the wild wild west. You know, you get you get those you get these night games sometimes. You get you can I mean you get these night games sometimes, but you get these top ranked opponents against a team like Stanford, who's well coached. Who every week I mean they may not have the talent, but they, but they're well coached and they're going to execute. And, and and you see what happens. I haven't really paid much attention to Oregon this year, even in the, even in the Oregon Ohio State game. I just really didn't think I didn't think much of either team honestly in that with within that matchup. So I really. I really, I wasn't truly a believer in Oregon, but I mean, now looking at looking at this and know how the committee treats the Pac-12, they might. They're, I mean, they're, they're on the outside looking in like Cincinnati right now. I'm gonna lie, and it, it may be a little, little bit worse off than Cincinnati right now too. They might. They're definitely probably gonna be looking forward to that college football playoff extension expansion. So hopefully, they can finally start getting some dogs in the fight. Want to go here real quick? Well, just gonna say Ohio State beat Rutgers. Took care of business. Move forward. Uh, right here, real quickly to the Big Twelve. <laughs> The Oklahoma Sooners, the Oklahoma Sooners escaped, escaped against Kansas State. Final score of 37-31. They just seems like Oklahoma just does enough. They just do enough every single game. This is another year where I do not want to see them in the playoff because I know they're going to get destroyed and knocked out first game. But I, it, it's, it's to the point now where, I mean, Kansas, okay, to give credit to Kansas State, Kansas State is a program that usually does give Oklahoma, Oklahoma trouble. True. So that is that is one of those in-conference matchups that, you know, that, that, that happens every year that you just – you get, you just know it's gonna be a dog fight. Oklahoma, they just a kid that just does enough to get by on the test. They they do enough. <laughs> they, they 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 don't they don't study much. They're gonna look over they they're gonna look over they're gonna look over the per, the person shoulder next to them. This is just, just to get just to get enough of the answers, just to get by with a C. And and it's enough because they're Oklahoma and, and nobody wants to say, you know, undefeated Oklahoma team just doesn't deserve to make the playoffs. Nobody wants nobody really wants to be the one to say it, but I know the committee, the committee's if Oklahoma State's undefeated, they're gonna find a way in. Even though I, I could, I could think of a better. I think two loss Florida is is a more deserving team than Oklahoma right now before <laughs> they get into the playoffs. That's how that's how low I think of Oklahoma right now currently. I just don't see. I I, I think I mean I don't know. It's weird because Spencer Rattler just hasn't been the guy as far as just the the efficiency. Um, just, just I mean, just the, the the amount of mistakes he makes. It just he hasn't been the guy I thought he he would be coming into this year. Especially for a guy that's being being as highly touted as he is, as far as being, you know, a quarterback prospect coming out into the draft this year, I just don't see the. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big draft draft guy anyway. I just don't see a translation that he can make into the NFL game. And right now, I haven't seen him dominate the college game as he should have, as he should with the, with the level of talent that they have at Oklahoma. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. See, last year is such a has has such a great quarterback thing between Trevor Lawrence, you had Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, all those guys coming out. This year was Sam Howell, JT Daniels, Spencer Rattler, DJ Uyangale. 
And it's just like, it's like, we don't really see that fit. And they're saying how this might translate to the Deshaun Watson situation. It's like, the coming out of this draft, whoever was going to maybe try to trade for him, is like, y'all may have to give us a little bit more now because uh, this next year, coming out of this draft, these guys have a lot more questions surrounding them. I would hold, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm looking for a quarterback in 2022, the only guy that, that has truly and honestly lived up, to, lived up to the billing is Malik Willis. Yeah, Liberty. out of Liberty, right? Yeah, he, he's, I mean, he, he's doing, he's been doing this for, it's, it's two years consecutive where he's dominated his level of competition. So, I mean, he's been, he, he's been, he's been the kid that's played at a consistent level. He's outplayed, he, he's outplayed his peers and spent Lerato and Sam Howell. And I think, I really do think there's not, I, 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 I besides the, besides the talent level gap between the, the competition they play, I don't think there's a gap between Spencer Rattler, Malik Willis, and Sam Howell. I, I, I really, I truly don't. And I think if anybody's looking for a quarterback this year, Malik Willis, to me, should be QB1. It's definitely something we got to keep watching. I think he went to the same high school, if I'm not mistaken, as Cam Newton. So definitely something yeah. interesting there. And then also Red River rivalry this week, Texas-Oklahoma. I think this would be a great thing for Steve Sarkeesian to get this win and get the Texas folk, not exactly on some we're back Texas, but definitely like, okay, we're going in stride. Give me a quick prediction. Who you got, Oklahoma or Texas? Uh, I'm a, you know what? I'll take Texas. I, 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 I'll take Texas. I just I don't think I, I don't think Oklahoma's played a a, a a complete game to the point where I trust them to just go in to go, to go in and dominate. I think I think it'll be a close one, but I can see Steve Sarkeesian and this group getting it done and still and, and, and still in one in the Red River and and, and and the Red River shootout, man. I you know I think it'd be great for I think it'd be great for college football if Texas gets his win and gets Oklahoma out of the of the playoff picture. Yeah, that's honestly the reason why why I'm rooting for him. But I mean, yeah, I'll take Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. A lot of people be doing the horns up if that's what takes place. And it's crazy. And this is a conversation for a different day. In a couple of years, uh, both of those teams will be in the SEC. So to see those teams playing. And then I'm really excited to see which team goes to the East, which team goes to the West. But that's a conversation for a different day. We're actually about to go to the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that's really uh, your area of interest. So first thing, before we talk about any games, did you see the injury report this week? It seems like everybody was hurt. AJ Brown, Julio Jones. I didn't even realize Christian McCaffrey was there. I was like, man, the whole Bro, league was hurt. But the I, it, it was such a odd week. I the, the, the Titans the, the Titans injury report was just it's like like you know honestly I, as a fan I probably wouldn't even watch the game yeah. honestly if, if AJ Brown and Julio are out, bro, I'm, I mean I, I'm on guy I can rely on is I'm relying on Chester Rogers to be to, to be to be my number one wide receiver and and, and rely and hoping. That Derrick Henry can run for, rush for 200 yards at this point. I'm like, bro, it, it was just, it was a, it was, it was a long day for a lot of teams, my team included, you know. So, yeah, you know. Oh, we going there. That's the first <laughs> game we going to. Panthers lose to the Cowboys. The final score, 36-28, 14-13 score early in the third. Yeah. Sam Darnold seems to be able to do what he needs to do. I was thoroughly impressed with DJ Moore, eight receptions, 113 yards, two touchdowns. But uh, the Cowboys were just able to get the job done. What were your thoughts on the game? Uh, thoughts were, um, I, I mean, I picked the Cowboys to win, so I wasn't surprised by, by Carolina losing. Uh, I was more so, I was disappointed in, the, in, in, in our, in our defense, I, especially the, in, you know, the defensive line specifically, you know, uh, just being tired as this group that's supposed to be able to stop the run, get after the passer. They didn't, they didn't neither yesterday. And it was just a, one of those things where, you know, it was a wake up call for Carolina because, you know, you get, you get a chance to see, you know, what does it take to be an elite team in in, in the NFL? And, and, you, and you and you and you saw yesterday, whereas you know the Cowboys' offensive line just dominated. 
the the interior off of the line, just able to move Derek Bryant and Daquan Jones off the ball. They ran they ran the ball at will yesterday. I mean, and, and I knew going to coming into that game, Dallas is now twenty seven and zero when that pre- when they run the ball more than they pass it with that Prescott at quarterback. It's the perfect formula. Zeke ran for one hundred forty yards yesterday. Tony Paul ran for sixty seven on, on 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 just ten carries. So they got it. They got it, they got everything they wanted from their off of the line. And Dak Prescott, with the efficiency he showed, going fourteen to twenty-two, four touchdown passes for only one hundred eighty-eight yards. It's just they they got every they, they just did everything they wanted to do in that game. And so it, it just it shows you there is a gap. There there is a gap between the good teams, the great teams, and the elite teams. And and Dallas right now is budding on being an elite team with how they with how they play. They play complimentary football, and the type of style that that, that they use can carry you into December and January and get you to a Lombardi trophy. I think it was also the perfect year for them to do the hard knocks this year because it seems like we kind of – If did you take a look at hard knocks this year? I, I, I peaked the first couple episodes. It was. It feels like we know these guys. Like, I feel like I know Zeke. I feel like I know Dak, um, know Mika Parsons, know Trayvon Diggs, who has, has an intercept. He had two in this game. He has an yeah. intercept in every single game. Man, these those Diggs got boys are just different. Trayvon, Stephon, them boys are just different. And Trayvon, I remember him at Alabama, but it seems like he's making even a larger, like, kind of hit on things in the NFL with the Cowboys. He's definitely been more of a household name at, at, you know, in the NFL than he was at Alabama. I remember Alabama as well, but I just, you know, he was, I mean, you know, Alabama, he's just just another running bill Alabama defensive back. We know they're good. We know they're five stars. You know what I'm saying? We know, and we know they're NFL bound, but in the league, He's found he he he's he's found he he's found what he does well and that and that's get his hands on the football and that's that's how you get paid at that position, man. That's how, that's, that's how, that's how you make that's how you make premium dollars at that position. Is it if you can take the ball and give it back to your offense? Yeah, and it, I'm imagining training camp because I know probably in season you're pulling against the scout team, but in training camp going against C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper every day is probably didn't hurt him. Uh, you know, just oh, yeah. that competitive nature, especially with Amari being one of the best route runners in the league. But we're going to keep going to one of the toughest divisions in the NFL. You got the NFC West. Want to talk about this Cardinals-Rams game. 37-20 was the final score with the Cardinals taking the win. The Cardinals were up at 1.34-13. What makes Kyler Murray so dominant, do you believe? Do you think it's the weapons? you think he's just an all-out winner? Or what do you think makes him, like, such a good player? I think it's I, – I think it's – I think it's – I think it's just him. It's just the, the, the type of style he he's he was he was an accomplished passer coming coming into coming into the league and and I think everybody was I w- I was pleased to see how well he transitioned in, 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 into the passing game early on in his career. What he's figured out is he's figured out how, how to how to manipulate the game like how all the great running quarterbacks do. He can manipulate the game so to the same effect that Russell Wilson manipulates the game, especially during Russell Wilson's like. I wouldn't say prime because he's still in it, but you know, in in those, you know, in in those years of the Legion of Boom, where he where he where he really wasn't necessarily the guy yet, but when it came when when it came out to those big moments, he can make the plays. You know, Kyler Murray is just he's figured it out. He's figured it out as a passer. He's figured it out as a runner, and he and the weapons now. I mean, they're like D Hop, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green. There, he he has no shortage of weapons to be able to get the ball to, and now the defense is playing better now. Yeah. I think that's a lot of I think that's a lot of what a lot of what's happening. As long as he stays healthy, because the biggest thing that, that's hurt this Arizona team, especially last year, was that Kyler Murray got hurt. Yeah. And they started out fast last year, but once he once he got hurt, the offense just never. I mean, the quarterback run game was gone. And what he what he's been able to do is stay healthy. The defense has played better. 
and the weapons are the weapons. It, I mean, right, right now, I mean, you know, you, you think about what they did to the Rams. You know, we were just talking about the Rams being the cream of the crop of the, of the NFC last week. Yeah. After beating Tampa. And it's just one of those things where I implore people to just understand that this is a week-to-week league. Things happen week to week, and you know my team will start to be thought will start to have the best defense in the league. We get smacked thirty six to twenty eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's it's week to week, so I mean take everything for what it is. But right now, that win over the Rams was a statement win, though, because I think everybody kind of thought that oh Matt Stafford, Sean McVay, that should be a shoe in to be able to go win the, the NFC West. It'll still be tough, but they should get it done. Not so fast, man. That, that division is a that that division is a gauntlet, and it's gonna take a Herculean effort from every, from every team in that in that division to be able to come out on top. Yeah, and talking about uh, the Rams, their former quarterback Jared Goff, who's now with the Lions, took the loss to the Bears with the final score of twenty four fourteen. Justin Fields was out there throwing missiles. It reminded me of his last year at Ohio State. It was great to watch that. He finished for 11 for 17 for 209 yards. His receivers were making some great catches. But Jared Goff, it seems like the you go to the as a quarterback, you go to the Lions so that you can show people like, look, I'm a really good quarterback. It's just a bad organization. I mean, Jared yeah. Goff went 24 for 38, 299 yards and two touchdowns. So big day for him. But the uh, Bears were able to get the win, and Justin Fields got his first you know win as a starting quarterback. So that's great to see. But I hear Matt Nagy's talking about if Andy Dalton is healthy, he might get the start next week. I'm like, what is really going on over there in Chicago? Uh, Matt Nagy needs to be in prison. Uh, and it doesn't, there's, there's no, there's no way around this, man. Honestly, bro. I mean, I, 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 honestly, God, if, if he holds back, just what's the point of waiting, of trying to wait on Justin Fields? Yeah. Like, 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 like what, like, what's the purpose? Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton isn't Alex Smith. This isn't like the, this isn't like the, the, the whole cat, the, the whole, this isn't the Kaepernick, Alex Smith, Alex Smith situation. This isn't the Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes situation. Like, he isn't, he isn't Alex Smith. He isn't as good. He has, he isn't, he isn't. I mean, I won't say as as accomplished because I mean he does have does have a winning uh, overall record, but it's just that you know you're not making the playoffs, you're not making a true run with Andy Dalton quarterback. Yeah. Why not go ahead? You spent you spent a first round pick on the kid. Why not go ahead and put him out there? I mean, I, I can understand wanting to protect him in, in somewhat, but it's I will only say that if there was a true a bit a true gap between him and Andy Dalton. Yeah. And there's a gap big enough to where I'm like, you know what? All right, yeah, we can we can let him wait wait for a year. Um, you know, just let him develop. Uh, that would be that would be cool. But this team is an offense that that's not that this that, is not going to reach its peak under Andy Dalton. Um, J- Justin Fields get a, as that as that extra elemental offense that is that that could be dangerous. That has that has guys like a, a solid receivers like a Darnell Mooney. You know, potentially you know top fifteen receivers like a like a like a Allen Robinson. You know, there's talent there to where to where if you I mean if you let him operate. He can he can get the job done. I mean, I think right now you just let let him let him go at it, man, and just see what you get and, and just see what you can get from I just see what you get from this year, man. I, I just don't see the the need of waiting. Yeah, and he got thrown in there against the Browns as their first start, so that was like almost probably overwhelming. And so mm-hmm. now it's like, but once you've been overwhelmed, you go play against the Lions. Okay, we can handle this. Like we can handle this. We can take care of this. Also want to talk about, I think this was Thursday night game, Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars versus Joe Burrow and the Bengals, which is crazy because it's like last year's first pick in the draft versus this year's first pick in the draft. Joe Burrow continues to own them, 21-24. Um, yeah. Bengals got the win. Bengals scored all 24. Well, yeah, they scored all 24 points in the second half. Are you a Joe Burrow fan? 
I was yeah. a fan of him at LSU. It's the demeanor. It's they said that I was yeah. listening to Jordan Palmer, who's the, you know uh, Carson Palmer's brother. He handles all the quarterbacks. He said that once they hire and once they pick Joe Burrow, and they were like on the team Zoom because that was when COVID, you know, was going crazy. Mm-hmm. They said by the end of the first Zoom, everybody in the whole entire organization was like, "Okay, Joe Burrow's our guy." Like he he won the locker room on Zoom. He he just he carries himself as as someone that's, that's just that's just the guy. Yeah. You know, that, that, <laughs> There's no, I see nothing jitter. I see nothing jittery about the kid. I mean, obviously him getting over that ACL, he had to get his confidence back coming off an of injury. But I, I, I just see nothing but confidence in the kid. I mean, and now I will say this: now, you know, not scoring a point against the Jaguars is a little. Cause <laughs> I like okay, all right, all right, buddy. You, you know, you <laughs> that's so, so, hey, yes, that's fair. You got you man, me, 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 go back in the lab and fix that, but. I mean to come out to come out the second half and lead and and, and lead the charge and, and get a win. Hey, I, I can say like, like we just said, it's a week to week league. You just got to win games. You got to find a way to win games in this league, man. And, and they all count the same. I, I and I mean for Trevor Lawrence is what and, and for Trevor Lawrence, I'll say this. I'm I'm actually impressed with what Trevor Lawrence is doing. It's just a matter of he's playing for a team that just cannot that that just isn't good enough right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I mean. But but they, they they are competitive and we would you say which is a good sign but they just they're just not good enough right now to they're not good enough right now to win football games and that, and that's and that's just it and I and I would say this I'm a little worried about his situation because his head coach seems to be focused on everything except coaching football. You, you know. saw him out there celebrating with it. And it was so funny because most people on Twitter, exactly what I thought, it was like, is that his wife that we know? And it's like, no, that absolutely is not his wife. I heard he had to go out and apologize to the team. I know that created some problems. Because that's like out in the public. I think you see he's not used to this new generation with the camera phones everywhere. So maybe no. you could have did that back in the day at Notre Dame, but you can't do that. Look, you know, in college, his difference in college and the NFL, see, in college, these coaches control the towns that, 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 that they're in. Like if, if I mean at, at, at Ohio State, he control he 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 controls everything. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, look, man, look, man, no camera there, right? Man, put that man, put that shit away. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, like he 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 can he can control those things. And the NFL, bro, you you can't, you know. Oh my God! You know, I thought you know you know I caught a lot of flag from a certain somebody about Urban Meyer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because you know I, I ain't heard I ain't heard from him in a few weeks, man. I go I, I I ain't gonna lie, I ain't heard I've not heard much. I don't heard USC be in the mix. I don't heard this. I I mean, you got you got him, you got him out at a bar. You know what I'm saying? Taking a picture with everybody but his wife. I don't know. His, his head don't really seem focused on football right now. I mean, it's all it's all I'm saying. And if he magically, if he magically ends up at USC, I just want all of my apologies. That's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's all I want. Because he was getting on me because I was a big Urban Meyer fan. He's like, man, he kind of leaves everywhere whenever time gets tough. I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. But I hope he gets that job at USC. I really do want him to go get that job at USC. It's better. It's so much better for the for the sport if he's at USC. I mean, well, I mean, being good at Jacksonville, bro, is you think about Jacksonville, Mark. Who really cares if he's good at Jacksonville? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I honestly could, I honestly could care less, and it's probably a more qualified coach that could coach. That can coach Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be willing to stay. Point. You know what I'm saying? It's like, good. I mean, like you know, I mean, you if you're Trevor Lawrence, you can't have you. If I'm, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I'm upset because I mean, this is supposed to be my head coach. This is supposed to be the guy that's supposed to be helping me. You know, enter and learn how to master this NFL game, and this is what we're doing. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like, this, that's a good this, point. This is what we're doing. I'm like, bro, I would, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I definitely want to see I, – if I, if I was him, I definitely want a younger coach to be able to, you know, to, you know, younger coach is going to be willing to stick it out and stay, you know what I mean? Shoot, maybe even a Joe Brady. I mean, I mean, everybody, he, he got, a, he got a, lot, a lot of interviews last year. I mean, I mean, maybe even a Joe Brady, a guy that is just as young as Trevor Lawrence that would be willing to stick it out in, in, you know, in that space and possibly help him grow into a great quarterback. That's definitely something to watch for there, especially Brady's success with Darnold coming this year. It's definitely something to check that out. Sure. Last but not least, we're kind of talking about another NFL battle. Yeah, Tom Brady back in, what is that, Gillette Stadium against yeah. Matt Jones. 1917 um, was the final score. Were you impressed with uh, Matt Jones' performance? Um, yes, yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, some. I'm not a big fan of of, of check down football necessarily, but I mean, it, it, it is it is effective, in the, especially with the weather conditions last night. They did. He he did play a good. He did play a good game. I, I, I watched him put put together a couple touchdown drives. Something he hasn't done very often this year, and he looked poised. You know, it, it's just I, there's just gonna there's, there's a next step. I don't know what the next step is for Matt Jones because because this was because he is supposed to be the most NFL ready prospect that came out last year. So I'm like, that tells me one or two things. Either, I mean, either either he's already hit his ceiling, and this is it, or you know, or or is, or is there somewhere else for him? Is there another level for him to reach? I, I am kind of worried about that, but again, he—I mean, he—he he plays well enough to keep this team in, in 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 ball games. Give credit to that uh Patriots defense as well. They played a great game last night against Tom Brady. Made him work for everything he got. You know, they put the pressure on him. Things that you know you have to do. It you—it was—it was definitely. I could definitely tell I was watching a chess match last night. I, de- I was yeah. definitely I could definitely tell I was watching two guys that knew each other very well. So. New England not New England not getting blown out didn't necessarily surprise me and Tom and, and Tom and Tom Brady struggling against that Patriots defense didn't surprise me either just because you know you have two adversary you know two guys who are probably the greatest minds of this game at quarterback and a, and a head coach who are just battling it out and this and that's what we got to see last night and it's it doesn't make for the most exciting football to watch but you can definitely but if you're a if you're a true football fan you can just you can just tell like these two guys are just just tit for tat they they. They, they 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 know each other so well. So I mean, so so it coming down to a field goal and just a, and, and, and it coming out to just just a you know a few feet away from being a victory for the, for the Patriots makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, you could definitely appreciate the greatness out there. It's just a chess match. It's like okay, he makes this move, so we're gonna move in this direction. And another thing I noticed, man, Leonard Fournette is huge. I swear, I was looking at Leonard Fournette. I'm like, this that's got to be the fullback. It's like that's him. But then he's out here cutting like he's a slot receiver. That dude is huge, and it just goes to show you how big a dudes are in the NFL. Because you got guys bringing them down like a defensive back going make the tackle Leonard Fournette. And it's like, how in the world is this happening? So, and then with all the injuries, I noticed it's like it just goes to show you how many guys can play in the NFL. They call somebody up out of free agent, he gets put in the game. Richard Sherman was back out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bro. I mean. <sighs> Not the greatest showing for my guy Richard, but again, <laughs> but again, but again, to get called up just last week and you're and you're being asked that hey, you're gonna have to start every snap. That's crazy. You gotta play every snap. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough ask, and I mean, I, I mean, he, I mean, he, he did enough. That's what that's what did impress me though about Matt Jones that you know he wasn't he, he wasn't afraid to attack Richard Sherman. Now I think if you face the Richard Sherman that may have been there for a, for, for for about a three or four weeks. I don't know if you still want to go after that matchup, but to mean to, to have to I mean to have the gumption to go to, to go say, hey, look, man, I got the matchup I want. I don't care if it's Richard Sherman. I'm still gonna attack it. And they attacked it well. 
Yeah, no, definitely was ready. You could definitely tell this guy's been well studied. And it seems like he has nothing but positive reviews coming out of Mac Jones out of Alabama. They've shown to be uh, proven. Also, but last thing I'm going to ask you NFL-wise, and I just do uh, usually like a little bit of high school football, just mention the team or so. But mm-hmm. do you think Cam Newton gets signed before end of this year? No, absolutely not. That's over with, man. It's, 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 it, it, if it was going to happen, I'm thinking about teams that will – the only team that would probably that would should that would probably look in the side of him would have to be potential playoff bubble teams, and all of those teams now are one and three. Like I mean, Miami one and three, the Pittsburgh Steelers are one and three. Those would have been the best options. Washington is Washington just got a win over the Falcons yesterday, so even they're, they're still in, they're still in the mix. So I don't think they're gonna mess with the formula that they, that they have right now. Even though Cam is the better option for a team like that, and and for a team that. He will be familiar with the system. It will be seamless for him to come in there and and and, and get into the system and play and, and play with those weapons. Um, I just don't I just don't see it happening, man. I think Cam has just been I, I I don't know what the narrative amongst GMs and coaches are about, about Cam, but whatever it is, I mean, it may be it, it must be real. I mean, it, it, they they must feel like he'll be a distraction. They must feel like they they, they have to do they may they may have to do too many things. They have to acquiesce to to his style of play. And, I, and and they may not, and they may not just be willing to deal with it, even though I think he is a, a guy that could definitely help out certain teams. Like I think the Washington, for example, I think would be a, a contender for the NFC East, a true contender for the for the East if Cam was their quarterback. I don't think you can truly contend for the East with Taylor Heineke and with how Dallas is playing. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is a team that I think potentially scrapped their way into the playoffs if they had Cam Newton, but you can't do it with a big band whose arm is shot. You know. And, and with Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph as your backups, you don't have a shot really to make to, to make any push. And for Miami, you have a playoff roster. I mean, you, you went 11 to five last year, and yet you haven't made a call. And that division that you're in right now actually isn't too far away. You're not that far away from having a chance to compete in it, but you need something to help that offense become more sustainable throughout the course of games. But I mean, nobody's those teams haven't made the call yet. They 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 they've waited. They to me, they 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 just accepted the fact that they are gonna roll with who, whoever they have, and it, and that's just gonna be that. I mean, Cam deserves Cam deserves another shot. I think he can still play at a at a level that can, that can get you into the playoffs. I think this Patriots roster currently wouldn't be one and three if Cam Newton was quarterback. You know, very good point. Very good point. Very good point. So, I, you know, I mean, it's, it, in my mind, I'm, I'm just looking at teams. I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean, if 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 you're not in the business of winning football games, then why are you here? You know, I mean, if, if, we, if we're worried about narratives, I mean, you talk about a guy that's been noted as being a great teammate in among, among, among most of the guys he's played with. Obviously, everybody won't have the same sentiment, but you, 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 I haven't seen the complaints that people make about Cam amongst his peers. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it, it's it's an odd situation, but I mean, it kind of is what it is right now. It shows you how this league goes, and it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Yeah. The, when I really realized that was, I think, a couple of years back when Antonio Brown, all that thing happened, and he ended up sitting out. He was getting all the trouble. He had all the issues going on. The league just keeps rolling. Deshaun hey, Watson hey. threw for more yards than anybody last year. He's not playing right now. And, the and it league keeps, just going. keeps going. It's crazy to watch. Yeah. But, uh, it, 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 it's, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough game, man. The NFL stands for not for long for a reason. There you go. There you go. And y'all, and just for some high school football, the Lower Richland Diamond Hornets, which is the local team around here, is five and one. They have mid-Carolina this week. So we'll see if they can continue the winning going. 
you do you even keep up at all with Union County, or you only mess with them? I I I do, but we're not. We're, not, we're just we're just not very good this year. So, <laughs> so I just kind it just kind it just kind of is what it is. I think right now we're currently zero and four. We've lost all, but they but we've won, all of them. All three of the four losses have been one score losses. So it's just going. It's been one of those things where you know it's just. It's just one of those years, man. You know, we we we've had we've had a good nice we have a nice three year run of making it deep into the playoffs, and you know sometimes it's it's how the cookie crumbles. Sometimes. Did Shy Smith go to your high school? Yeah, yeah. Me and Shy played together his freshman and sophomore year. Was he like that or like? Oh yeah, we 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 knew from <laughs> the time he got there. Honest God, he wasn't even out of he wasn't even out of middle school yet. We had a, we we had we had a spring practice. And our spring practice, we bring the middle schoolers, the, the, the rising, the rising ninth grade, they get come practice with us. Oh, we knew from the first day. She, we, we knew from the, we knew from the first day, and and this is how we really figured it out. The burn seven on seven that that, that, that they have up here in Duncan, that's where we really figured it out. We was like, oh okay, he hangs with the best of them. Oh, he, oh yeah, this kid's different. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, what's this? No, what he's saying. Like when we went, we went up against, but we went up against Deshaun Watson's team, man. We went up against Deshaun Watson's team, but we went up against uh Valdosta High School back when they used to be like like the powerhouse and and Burns, of course, when 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 they were really run, you know, when they when they were really dominating. And again, he flashed. You know, he's one he's one of the guys that you you, you just know from 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 the rip that oh this this kid's gonna be he's gonna be a guy. You know, something yeah, there's something different about him. what position you play. Anyway, I play I, I play corner. Oh, you played corner? Yeah, you was I on played, that island. Yeah, 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 yeah. I played corner out there on the island. You know what I mean? I, you know, uh, it was a, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of commuters came through my island every night. <laughs> hey, you miss? It is what it is, man. Hey, you win some, you lose some, right? For sure, man. For sure, man. You, you know, I, I, we played Deshaun Watson in that in my in my junior year at at that seven on seven. I was like, you know what? There's a difference. <laughs> I see the gap. <laughs> I said, I see the gap. I was like, you know what? Everybody ain't played this game this long, man. You know what, man? <laughs> it's, it's okay to know when it's your time to hang it up. Hang <laughs> <laughs> up the cleats for sure. Hey, Sean Peace, man. We appreciate you having you. We appreciate you coming on. Great. And we're going to do this again, too. This is not going to be oh, the last sure. time on the show. We're going to bring you back. Uh, go ahead and plug your, the show that you're using on the podcast you're using on. So, I have I have a couple. I have, so I have, I have a couple. I have a couple things. A couple things to plug. I have my my YouTube channel called Jim Dropper Sports, where I cover you know the big you know the biggest stories in sports that I you know that I feel like are pretty big, and I I, I cover them every, I cover them by you know ten by ten minutes, sometimes less less than that videos. You know, and, and I try to get that content out. You know, you know once a week, and I also have the Panthers Nation podcast under the P1N uh, under the P1N network. Uh, we are we are a podcast housed by the Panthers Nation a fan page on Instagram that has over. 50,000 followers. We, uh, us ourselves, we are a relatively newer page. We're, you know, closing in on a thousand followers. But, you know, you know, we're just trying, we're trying to continue to grow it, man. You know, I, you know, me, myself, along with my host, uh, Jack Taylor, Jeff Taylor and Tyler Herberski, we talk about the Panthers each and every week. I, I get, I get my daily segments, my weekly segments called Money in the Bank, where I break down each and every matchup before we play. And, and, I, and obviously the biggest stories surrounding the team. And, you know, I just try to keep, I, I try, we, try, we try to keep the content pumping out daily. Exactly. So y'all make sure y'all go check them out. Like I said, man, we appreciate you having one. Yeah. We'll be back. That's all I have for y'all this week. Please. Yeah. Please drop. Uh...